Welcome to Camera Ready and Able, the podcast that explores the intersection of media change and personal growth. I'm your host, Barbara Barna Abel, and my calling is to help you tap into your superpowers to thrive on camera and in life, and to make an impact on the world. This episode is brought to you by the phrase, how to know your worth. According to Psychology Today, knowing your worth and believing you are indeed worthy is essential for happiness and well-being. When our self-worth depends on external situations, that's when it can get unstable. In the camera ready and able space, it also means knowing your value in the marketplace and having the confidence to ask for what you're worth. Here to dive deep and discuss is Bianca Jade, an advocate for female empowerment and transformation and the founder and CEO of Misfit.com. Bianca pursued a successful career as a creative art director and copywriter before launching her own company. Bianca forecasts and reports on emerging trends in the beauty, health, and fashion categories for national syndications, local news shows, and on HSN, where she's a brand ambassador and guest host. And Bianca creates aspirational and engaging content for her hundreds of thousands of followers. I'm one of them with the intention of boosting confidence, morale, and purpose. I love it. Welcome to the podcast, Bianca. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's been a long time coming. I've just been, I had to work up the, you know, yeah. like, I think she would do it. So <laughs> I want to ask you right off the bat, why did you want to discuss how to know your worth? I think it's an integral part of being host. And, you know, it's something that I definitely struggled to achieve. And I would say, uh, really figure out in terms of, you know, my career, uh, because, you know, it's, it's a journey becoming a host, especially if you didn't necessarily go to like a, or you weren't in a communications program in college, um, and you didn't have any kind of, you know, formal, maybe journalism training or anything like that, which was my case. I just one day decided that I wanted to be in front of the camera instead of behind it, which is where I was for nearly a decade. And, you know, when you're making a shift in careers and you're learning something, you know, just brand new at, you know, a stage in your life that, uh, you know, isn't, uh, you know, you're like in your middle ages, <laughs> um, you, you have, you're, you kind of are a little insecure, to be honest. And I, I would say pretty much all hosts that I've ever met throughout my career go through that stage of insecurity and really figuring out, you know, where's my place? Um, how much money can I ask for? Um, what categories do I fit into best? What's my look? What's my, you know, persona on camera? What are my isms? Like all of that, you know, you have to figure that out and all of that factors into, into your worth. And for me, there's, there's worth in the sense of, you know, your self-confidence, right? Your self-esteem. But then it's kind of knowing the value that you bring to the people you work for. And so there's two parts to it. And they really eventually fuse together. And you, of course, need that self-esteem to be able to have worth in your job as a host um, and in that value that you bring to, you know, the brands or the shows that you work with. But uh yeah, it's, it's, it's integral. And without it, you're just not going to succeed. Wow. You brought up so many good points right there. And I'm really glad you went right there to also acknowledge, um, that value and worth go hand in hand, but they're not exactly the same thing. So just to you know, reiterate that, you know, worth is for a big part, that's an internal story. 
to understand what your, your self-worth is. And then the value is, I love the way you said it. It's like what you do for your clients. And then in the real world, it has a monetary value and it's starting to understand, you know, what that is. And then having the sense of worth to be able to go and ask for it or insist on it. And that's mm -hmm. like, I deserve that. And, you know, for a lot of hosts, you know, everybody wants the money, <laughs> like everyone wants to be making money, but sometimes, you know, you're in a position where you're like, this is what I want, but do I really deserve that? Like, am I good, a good enough host? Or like, do I really understand this category enough to really deserve that? And it's kind of like, um, what do they call it? Like imposter syndrome. Thank you. Know, you. I was just about to get to that yeah. is because when you were talking about the lacking confidence, I was like, okay, so this is where everybody goes through the imposter syndrome journey because you've transitioned from another career and it's all going through your head. So I wanted to talk for a minute about how you worked through that. It took a while. I think, you know, for me, it was kind of figuring out like what was enough training to be a good host? Because when you don't go to school for it, you know, you're finding classes or, you know, coaching sessions with people like yourself, um, with industry experts that can, you know, teach you the ropes. And there's really no exact course for becoming, you know, an on-air expert or a TV host, guest host on a home shopping show. You know, there's so many ways to be a host these days, a digital host. Um, there's no, there's no exact course. And I think sometimes that is what is, you know, a, the first point of insecurity because you're like, oh, do I have enough of an education here? So I think for me, it was really about kind of seeking out all the best people that could help me along in my, in my journey to become trained, which mm -hmm. is funny now because like, I talk about this all the time. Like I I'm still constantly learning. I'm definitely not, you know, hundred percent trained yet. And I'm always learning on the job, which is why I like to constantly be working even smaller jobs. I just like to always be in a production environment because I'm learning something new that I, I never, I never knew before. So that's the first thing is to just constantly like be getting your hands and feet wet and not having an ego about uh, where you are in your training. That's, that's the first thing. And that really helps get rid of that imposter syndrome, because when you have seen and experienced so many different levels of hosting or production, um, you just start to feel like, like you start owning it. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, oh yeah, I, when this happened, you know, and this experience on, on a commercial set, here's what I did. Or even when you're put on the spot and people like ask you a question you, you didn't expect, if you've done that, you know, 10, 20, 30 times, then you just start to have that lived experience. So that for me was really the number one thing of getting rid of my imposter syndrome was to put myself in situations where I was constantly learning something, even if it meant it wasn't this like fancy formal hosting gig. Then I think, you know, which is what was a game changer for me is jumping on opportunities that a lot of people would say that doesn't pay enough, you know, or that is sort of like a low level job. But I sought out a lot of these opportunities 
before anyone else could grab them because I thought, hey, this is a chance for me to really learn and grow with a great brand, even though they might not be paying a lot and see where I can take this. And it's also a place for me to be able to make a lot of mistakes and have and have support. And those are the experiences that like really helped me find my worth and help me learn how to uh, command more out of, you know, subsequent jobs. Wow. Okay. Now we've connected one, um, the skills with experience or education and experience go hand in hand. And now you brought something up that I think is so important. I love to discuss all the time is really to understand value because it's very limiting if you only see value in terms of dollars. And what you did was saw like you had a much bigger view and actually took long-term thinking to see what's the, what's the, really the value of this job to me. It's going right. to lead to something else. And you also saw the value in relationships because I think that you've worked with a lot of people for a long time. I've been an influencer for an influencer and a content creator for a long time. Um, and a lot of hosts come up that way um, or a lot of experts come up that way and different kinds of personalities. Wait, and I'm just going to interrupt you just to give you some, you know, recognition here. Talk about an opportunity you, you jumped on before everybody else. Yes. I mean, <laughs> do you, I mean, I remember like us talking and like auditioning you, you know, and like you had a setup that I had never seen before. I mean, this was so early days. So, um, do you have just for fun? Like, do you even remember like the first time you posted or like what you started? Cause you were early. Yeah, it was early on. I mean, I would say about um, 16, 17 years ago, you know, I was blogging and uh, getting on all the social media platforms and creating a brand, you know, and having that brand that also helps to create your self-worth because you figure out what you represent, what you like to talk about, like, what are your categories? I always refer to them as categories or beats. You know, what are your coupling of topics that really define you. Um, and that's ever changing because that's changed so much throughout my career. It started off as fitness and now it's actually broader. It's, you know, uh, women's lifestyle and wellness, but, you know, I started out as fitness and it was really how I began to make my mark because it was something people knew me for. Um, but then, you know, as I grew, I matured and I started to love other categories. I would open myself, you know, up to these, up to these categories. And I, and I think that was like a new challenge for me because I, I have so many memories of auditioning where, um, where my agent had gotten me like an audition with, you know, some big name beauty brand. And I was, you know, the fitness girl and I really couldn't sell myself in a beauty way. And that, that took, you know, it took me figuring out, okay, how am I going to feel worthy in the beauty industry? Like, what do I need to do now to transition from, you know, healthy lifestyle fitness into this beauty category where that I really love because I've always loved all things beauty. And that took a lot of work. I had to, you know, start doing beauty things, creating content around beauty, practicing um, auditioning with different, you know, beauty products just to myself, not even when I had an official audition and just learning how to get comfortable in a new category so that I would have more opportunities available in hosting. 
Wait, this is so fantastic because I never even thought about this. And again, I want to go back and add to what you just said, because you were known for fitness, but you were also known for quality. I just want to go back to that. Do you know, I still have a pair of socks that came from one, like one of your <laughs> misfit. I mean, how long do athletic socks last? Like minutes. And these are, I don't know, 10 years old where they're old. I mean, they're fantastic. They look brand new. I just meant you always work with quality products and represent a quality product in a, in a very high level of quality and integrity. So I just want to point that out for everyone listening. Thank you. And then, I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, they're like my favorites. I wish you still had them. Um, and then to that, I just want to add, because you said something important and I just want to make sure it, it's it's making sense to everybody that you said, I want to get into this other space and you accepted that what you had to do to make your mark in that space, that you didn't go, you didn't, you didn't get mad or maybe you did, but whatever you worked through and said, I got it. Like they don't know me and I don't appear to have credibility in the space. I love it, but I have to demonstrate it to other people. And how right. am I going to do that? This is still a thousand percent relevant. How do you do it? I go create content and I'm consistent with it. And I show people that I know what I'm talking about. That I mean, it literally is the blueprint and you have made it massively successful. It's hard too. I mean, I've it heard- hard. <laughs> I've heard by listening, you know, to some of your other podcasts, you know, that I'm not alone as a host that so many hosts kind of get like beaten down um, when they're not booking or when they can't get these jobs that are like these ideal jobs. And, you know, I, I was there because I so wanted really my entire, uh, hosting career and career career as a content creator. I always wanted to be on HSN. That was my dream. That was the goal. And I, I could not, I could not get on the show. I, I could not score a job with a beauty brand, not even a fitness brand, which was, you know, my strength. Um, I just couldn't. And I, I have actually, I created a fun reel of bloopers of over 60 auditions that I did to try and get on HSN. And then the pandemic happened 2021 and a brand called me out of the blue and they were like, we're looking for a host uh, to be, you know, our primary on on HSN, a primary host, because the founder doesn't like being on on camera. And I was like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, I waited all these years. I could never, I could never book anything. And finally, this brand was reaching out and they said, you know, we saw you on the HSN site because you can put yourself as talent on HSN's portal, which is really cool. Um, I, I love that uh, because all these brands can check you out and, you know, look at some of your clips and, and see if they like you. So it's a way to kind of advertise yourself as a guest host. They saw my work and they were like, we'd love to see if this could, you know, if this could be a possibility. And uh, it was crazy timing because we weren't doing anything in studio at that time and everything was Skype and Skype is just like known for being, you know, terrible quality. Um, <laughs> and I was like, you know what, this is my opportunity. The money was not great, but I was like, this is my opportunity to get in and, and prove myself. And I love the fact that there was no pressure of like all this pay that was going to make me feel like, oh my gosh, can I do it? Can I do it? It was like, this is Bianca's go time. And this is my chance to become part of this brand's team, know their product inside and out. And this is like do or die. And it was, 
honestly the best experience ever working with a brand. They were so supportive. There was so much feedback between myself and the brand and HSN. Um, and we perfected this, you know, really great team. And I have not been on HSN with them where I've not sold out since we started working together. So if you're familiar with HSN, you know that you're on there to sell. <laughs> um, and that that's just like, that's the main goal. So it's been an, an incredible journey, you know, getting to a point where I was doing all these auditions, not booking anything to this point where it's like, they keep booking me because we're selling out all of their inventory. Okay. I love that you just like never gave up. And I know that's hard. And I know you just referenced, you've heard many other hosts, you know, talk about it. And, and I love Matthew Hoffman on this podcast spoke so well about it, but you didn't give up. I just love that. Sometimes we take a pause. Sometimes we have to regroup, but just don't quit. But I also want to transition because you had sent me a DM not that long ago about this was for the uninitiated to remind people what it, what it all that entails, because one was your mindset about like, I'm going out to sell for these people because that is an actual tangible metric of my value for them. Yes. But there's, you're doing a whole lot more than just walking out onto that set at HSN and selling product. So can you walk through it? Is it's like, I mean, you're actually producing as well and you're working with their production team. And so this is a, a whole, I mean, it's a lot of work, but it is also a very, again, tangible way you demonstrate constantly your value to that client. Right. And you can increase your worth, your value to that brand by doing more. And it's not just about your live presentation. It's about how much you care about that brand and you want them to succeed. So I often think of myself as like an on-site manager when I'm there, because when I go to HSN, um, I'm there alone. Their marketing team, you know, is back at the office, um, you know, here on the uh, Northeast and, uh, and they're just watching me whenever, you know, I'm on air giving feedback, but they're not there with me. The most I have are the different models that, uh, that are available to us to work with, you know, for demos and things like that. So what I do when I get there is I immediately connect with the production team. I make sure that our tabletop presentation is just exactly how I want it, that our product looks good and is positioned to sell, that our models look good. And I'm talking from makeup to hair to hands because I rep a nail care brand on HSN. So I need to make sure their hands look perfect. There's no nicks, no scars. And if there are, I have like my whole, you know, concealer case so that their hands look really nice and appealing. Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen the movie Joy, but it's all about the hands. For me, I it's my favorite movie ever because the hands really do sell. And since it's nail care, it couldn't be a better, you know, example of that. So I am there just like managing everything. And what I love about that, that I have my hands in a little bit of everything is it really takes the edge off um, all the pressure that we can put on ourselves to be this perfect host. Because, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, I got to go on and kill it and kill it and kill it. And then you're just like disappointed with your delivery or you just hyped yourself up too much or didn't hype yourself up enough. But when you have so much that you're focused on, focused on and managing in terms of like making sure that your, your brand, your products, you know, everything that you're there to present look awesome, you're just like consumed by, you know, that goal of, of just doing a great job overall and it takes that pressure off of, you know, all that like self-doubt, all the like, does my makeup look okay? How's my hair? Is my outfit? You know, you're just there to sell. 
And I, I love that. And some other people might interpret that as like too much pressure. If you have too much to do, like it'll kind of drive you nuts. But I love the fact that my job is multifaceted because it means that it's not just my hosting, you know, it's literally everything. And I know that the brand, you know, appreciates that so much. So, you know, throughout the years that I've been working with them, I've had several bonuses because every time we sell out, I go to them and I'm like, I want to do this for you again. Let's, you know, let's figure out our contract. Like let's renegotiate this. Cause you've already seen what I can do for you. And I'm, and I'm ready to even do more. I'm going back to HSN at the end of this month and they doubled my volume to sell. <laughs> Can you share what that, what, what kind of number of units you're talking about? So my typical volume is 30,000 wow. units, which I thought was nuts. The first time they gave me that volume, the first time it was like in the thousands, we had anywhere between 3000 to 10,000 units. And at the beginning I wasn't selling out. I wasn't. And then I started to improve, you know, and I really enjoy that process of proving myself. But then we had a big, uh, we had a big deal, a deal drop, and they actually didn't tell me what kind of volume I was going in with. And then I remember I had, I was just like, I need to know, like, what are the units? And they were like, it's 30,000. And I was just like, all right, it's go time. Let's just, let's just do this. And every day I went in and I was like the tabletop, the models, like, because it's not just going to be me that sells this product. It's going to be the whole package, the whole presentation, even that relationship that you have with the host that you're paired with for your airings. That is super important, you know, investing in those friendships and that relationship, getting to know the host before you go on air. So you have this like warmth when you're, you know, on, when you're live with them, that's, that's key. Yeah. So you're tapping into then the sort of ineffable part of this, which is the skills are super important. That's where you have to start from and understanding how all this works because that's essential. But the thing then that is the actual key to sustaining success, developing it and ongoing is the, the soft skills side of this. It's the connection. It's the energy. It's the genuine enthusiasm that you bring to the product and that you the audience knows that you, you know, care about the product, that you care about the brand and that relate the genuineness of your relationship with the host. That is actually what makes the difference because everybody who walks out has to know in theory how to do it, but you're doing it then to, at an elevated level. I want to ask you too, because since you've now you've been through this and this whole, you know, journey for a few years, what surprised you through this process? I think what surprised me, and this goes back to imposter syndrome a little bit, was that I could actually sell this amount of product, that I was actually connecting with the consumer so deeply that this was, you know, an, an authentic connection. Um, because as an influencer and content creator, you know, brands constantly want us to sell you know, through all these digital platforms. And, and oftentimes that can be hard to show. And that's one of the things that I really hate about being a content creator and an influencer is like, when you have that pressure of selling, it's just like, sometimes it, it ruins your passion for creating. Mm -hmm. So when I started doing home shopping, you know, like there, you can't avoid it. Like that's the point of home shopping is to <laughs> sell. Um, but tapping into, you know, just all the exciting storytelling and that, 
you know, relatability and all the, you know, I know you call them isms and just the little personality quips and, and things that, um, that are idiosyncratic about, you know, how you use products or just how we live our life. Like that's what home shopping is about. And when I finally was able to learn that craft, um, and tap into the fun of that because that actually becomes very fun. I, I found my zone. And that was what surprised me is I was like, wow, I can do this because I've taken your home shopping course. Like, you know, I, and I've watched, you know, so many tutorials for how to, you know, conquer home shopping. And I love Mike Rowe. Like he was like, kind of like, you know, an inspiration to me. But, you know, it's like everyone has to find that zone like on their own. And I think it clicks for different people at different times. So, you know, when I when it finally clicked for me, I was like, whoa, OK, this is it. We're here. And now I have to keep, you know, evolving and finding out how to extrapolate, you know, on this on this craft that I've developed. I actually want to acknowledge to listening to what you said. You started on Skype. And now you're in studio, yes? Yes. How was that transition? It was tough and 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 it it was awful at the beginning, to be <laughs> honest, because um the connection was bad on my first two Skypes. Like I had hair perfect, makeup perfect. Um then I remember the connection, just like it just started crackling and then they lost me. And I was like, oh my God, I'm done. Like this is <laughs> and even you know, the founder of the brand I work with, like she called me, she was like, what happened? I'm like, I don't know. I did everything they told me to do. And I remember, you know, HSN called me and they're like, we're so sorry. We've had trouble all day. And I was like, I took this deep breath and I was like, okay, well, like at least, you know, that wasn't my fault. Cause there were so many things that I was trying to get right. And, and that's, that's part of, you know, the challenge of finding your worth is like, there's so many things you have to, you know, figure out and you have to let go of that, that perfection, you know, of trying to like, like not everything is, is going to be right. And I know you talk about that a lot on, you know, your podcast too. Like it's, it's a part of um, freeing yourself, <laughs> right. From, um, you know, from your limitations is letting go of, of perfectionism. And so while there are certain things you have to do, you have to follow some rules, which with HSN, I started to just find myself within those rules. Like, okay, you know, this kind of outfit works for me, this kind of, you know, um, background setting or this kind of lighting. And just like, it's a lot of, you know, trial and error, but the Skype was not fun. And I'm so thankful that I'm mostly in studio now, but every now and then I get thrown a Skype when it just doesn't make any sense to fly me down to the studio. So I embrace that challenge. I try and set myself up for success, but I'll also get on the Skype airing and just, you know, say, Hey, this, something could go wrong. And I just have to be prepared for it and shift and smile and be enthusiastic no matter what. This just popped into my head. Well, one, are you allowed to say what the product is? Yeah. Uh, so the brand that I work with the most on HSN is London town and they are a vegan, clean, non-toxic, uh, nail care brand. So they yeah, do. I love it. They have it at my salon here in Brooklyn. Yes. 
Yes. And they're awesome because they sell at Neiman Marcus, but they're also on HSN. And so we have a lot oh, of that's great. great put, deals on HSN. I'll put a link. And by the way, you also want to acknowledge that phenomenal tip that you shared about talent being able to um, put their assets up on the HSN website or submit mm -hmm. to that is fantastic. You've given such great examples now of when, you know, learning your worth and also being able to go back to the, you know, this brand and say, hey, I sold out. Let's, you know, discuss terms for the next time. So can you share a version when that you didn't have that skill? And like, you, yeah. would, you know, what would you go back and do now if you could, you know, rewrite the script? I love that you're asking me this because uh, it just pops right into my head. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure it was a digital shopping channel called Joyous. I don't remember this. You remember it? No. Did they, they, must, they lasted like five seconds. They didn't last long and it was designed for millennials. So it was supposed to be uh, a way for millennials to shop, you know, from their computers there. It was not so much, uh, you know, phone focused at that point, uh, but it was mostly just like online shopping, right? Sort of the way that HSN, the direction that they're going in now, um, where you can just, you know, jump onto your computer, watch the live shows and everything like that. And you don't even have to go to your TV. And I remember when I got hired for this job, it was a job that my agent, Mark, got me. I was so excited because I'm actually Gen X. I'm not even a millennial. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this is really cool because I'm skewing a little bit younger. And um, and they had hired me as a health and fitness host. I And I just like, this was my thing. I was like, I'm finally being recognized as a fitness expert. And I finally have this host hosting job and they flew me to LA and I was there for a couple days. And basically we filmed a bunch of pre-recorded content that was going to air on this site and you could directly sh shop from. So when I got there, everything was great. The studio, the clothes they put me in, the sets were just like so cute. They looked like little living rooms and everything, but, um, they gave me these scripts that were like impossible to, to really kind of memorize because they wanted exact, you know, word for word, uh, recall basically. And that's really hard to do. So what they told me, they were like, you're never going to be able to memorize this. What we're going to do is you're going to be in front of the camera. There's going to be this woman back here and she's going to feed you your lines. And you're just going to repeat the lines um, while we're recording in your own way. So I wasn't really hosting. <laughs> I was just repeating what someone was saying to me. And I remember I just wanted to please, I just wanted to do the job right the way they had envisioned, but I couldn't bring any personality to it. I couldn't bring my isms to it. I couldn't even phrase the content in the way that I would say it. So I kept getting like locked up because they would ask me to say something that just like didn't kind of roll off my tongue the way that felt natural to me. So I, I struggled with that and it took us a really long time to film and I would have to repeat these lines over and over again. And the lady feeding them to me was frustrated. I was frustrated. And when we finally wrapped, everybody was so relieved. It was like nighttime by the, by the time we wrapped. And I remember thinking like, wow, this is what hosting is because this is not fun. <laughs> and I, I was actually really pleased with how everything came out because editing can just make everything look great. And it did look great. But I think 
you know, that, that wasn't what hosting is today, at least, you know, what I know it as, especially shopping based hosting. And I'm, you know, so thankful that, you know, it was my dream to be on HSN. And I'm so thankful that I finally got to realize that dream in the way that I have lately, because it is like the best practice for being any kind of host. <laughs> oh, I could not agree more. I mean, I, and you know, I mean, I, I love the space. I teach in the space. I especially love working with vendors, by the way, and training vendors to go in. Yes. Um, and so I'm with you. I Can I go back though to your, that experience of joyous? Please, because for please. people listening, because my heart is going out to you. And so now this is for anybody who's a brand listening is, and this is a common mistake that people make, but is that they, they lost the thread. What is the purpose? We're here to develop a connection with the person who's watching. It's not about the words and getting them all right and being hung up on the copy, which I obviously wasn't there, but I'll pretend I was. Because what happens often is that it's written for the page, not for the ear. It was not written with the idea that you would be speaking these words and meaning it and making a connection with anybody. And by the way, this is the essence of commercial acting as well, which I just had a great conversation with Brooke and Mary on the podcast about. So you weren't set up to succeed. It was somebody who was, it looked good on paper, but they really didn't know how this works in the real world uh, when we start communicating with each other and the transference of energy and be so attached to the words that you had to have like a Cyrano de Bergerac thing going on. So my heart goes out to you. And again, in your start, you totally rose to the occasion, God bless, which is amazing. And then now fast forward, you're here. So I won't keep you all day. You're fantastic. And you've shared so much great information. So I wanted to ask, you know, any more sort of, you know, tips or insights you have, Bianca, to somebody who's starting out or sitting in your seat, you know, thinking, oh my gosh, I've been doing this XYZ job and it, it is my dream to transition. And by the way, one of the things I love about home shopping space is the fact that it is welcoming to people. That's a huge age span. It's not like you age out when you're 37. So um, that was my long-winded introduction once again. So any tips or insights you want to add? Yes, I have a few tips. I think the first one is be willing to learn the ropes and, you know, as we discussed, uh, maybe accept lower pay for an opportunity that can really pay off big, you know, down the road. Um, I, I'm, you know, really milking that cow now, forgive, you know, the phrase, but, um, you know, I took really low pay at the beginning because I just, I didn't know if I could do it. And then when I was like, oh, I can do this, I can do it really well, you know, it gives you just um, that ability, you know, that power to ask for more. So I think if you're, if you're patient and you, and you have, um, you know, the desire to grow with a brand, then learning the ropes is just like, it's key. It's really key. And then you find that you actually have other strengths. And I like to tell people to take inventory of those strengths, kind of like the way we we're talking about how I go to HSN and I'm like a manager, an on-site manager of their brand. Um, I tell other brands that want to work with me at HSN about this. And they're like, oh my gosh, like when we hire a host, we just hire the talent. We didn't know that you could be doing all these other things for us or picking our models or styling the models. And by telling them, you know, that you have these other strengths or abilities, then what you're doing is you're just increasing your rate. <laughs> you can charge more for that. And they want that because that takes the work off their plate. And that means maybe they just send you to do the job instead of sending two people to, to do the job. 
and it's fun, you know, to have another responsibility, not just talent, because it gets stressful when you're just focusing on, on one skill. Um, and, and you have such a big, you know, job on your plate to sell. If you have other things to worry about, you're not as stressed. I would say, know your brand. And this is a very Barbara thing. <laughs> know your brand as a host and as a personality. I think, you know, when you're on a show like HSN, they're, they're already going to have a title for you, like beauty expert or beauty ambassador or whatever it is, you know, that, uh, the title that you've chosen for yourself, because you have to choose that uh, before you start working with HSN. But I think, you know, really uh, walking in those shoes and, uh, and, and making sure that you look like that beauty expert um, mm. on your social pages, on your website, um, the conversations that you have with the people on the job are based around that. Um, because if you don't talk about beauty and you're a beauty host, like, People are going to notice that. So I'm constantly, you know, even in the conversations I have with some of the main hosts at HSN, we're always like, oh, so what's your new favorite beauty product? And I like to just like keep tabs on things and make sure that I'm staying fresh on what the trends are. Even though my job is to know the trends, I like to, you know, constantly like get other people's opinions and have these conversations and, and chats because then people will be like, oh, Bianca, that's, that's the girl to talk about this. And, and when people start saying those things, then you get recommended for a job with another beauty brand. So it all kind of, you know, cycles and, and goes, you know, comes full circle really. And uh, lastly, I would say be persistent because my, uh, success selling out the London town, London town brand um, really gave me this incredible self-worth to reach out to other brands and say, look at this success that I'm having here. I would like to do this for you. And being persistent and with your success that you've had, being convincing with brands, telling them that you can do the same thing for them. That's what they want to hear. People aren't always just going to find you. You have to go out there and tell them, you know, tell them about your wins so that you can get the next job. And uh, that's right now the stage of, of my journey that I'm in is showing people how successful I've been and really getting jobs based on that success. So my imposter syndrome is gone <laughs> um, entirely. And it's so fun being able to, you know, start this journey with other brands and take on new challenges. It's like, it's, it's what I always dreamed of doing. So, um, I would say, you know, once you get there, you're not, you know, don't stand still. You gotta, you gotta keep moving and, and, and telling people what you've done and what you've accomplished. Wait, I just love this. Take inventory of your strengths and be persistent with your success. I'm getting new tote bags because I love those two. Bianca, you're so great. You're definitely coming back. Thank you. I, I really appreciate your time. I've like kept you all day. You're fantastic. Thank you so much. You are fantastic. Thank you, Bianca. And thank you for listening to Camera Ready and Able. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star rating. And if you're interested in media training or help with career strategies, please shoot me a note via my website, ableintermedia.com. And be sure to download my free ebook, 12 Tips for Success on Camera. <laughs>